Hello, friends, and welcome to the show. This episode of HR Oxygen is brought to you by Boss Builders. At Boss Builders, our mission is to create the next generation of great bosses. We do this through a variety of training programs, which include our 13-month live masterclass, The Art of Being a Great Boss. This program provides the basic building blocks for being an effective lead, supervisor, or manager. We also have a 13-month live virtual masterclass, The Art of Being a Great Teammate. In this program, we work with individual contributors, building the people and technical skills that will make them more effective. Many of these modules refer to the work in our management program so all employees can be on the same page. A new program for this year is our Art of Being an Administrative Superstar. Your admin staff is the backbone of your organization. This program gives them the important problem-solving and decision-making tools, which will absolutely increase their effectiveness. We offer a number of one-hour short-topic seminars as well, and these are perfect for in-service training and brown-bag lunches. Finally, we offer the opportunity to license all of our materials so your in-house trainers can deliver our programs. For more information, visit us online at thebossbuilders.com or call us at 931-221-2988. You know, it's interesting when I work with clients or I work with individuals and they're wrestling with issues, they're having challenges, whether it's work-related, personal-related, organizational-related. The first question I'll ask is, you know, of course, what is the biggest challenge and the challenge? And I would say at least 95% of the time you're going to hear it's about communication. We have poor communication. And I think you would have the same response if you talk to people about relationships outside of work, the non-professional, maybe the family and relationship kind of relationships. It's something that I think everybody struggles with. And if we're honest, we probably all don't do it all that well. Well, the good news is we have a guest today that will help us through that. Our guest today is Michelle Gladio. Now, she is the author of the new book, Communicate with Courage, Taking Risks to Overcome the Four Hidden Challenges. We had a great conversation. You're going to really, really enjoy this one. She's super personable, but really, really knowledgeable. And we talked about some of the pro moves that you can make to improve your communication. We talked about some of the barriers that get in the way. So if you find yourself today thinking, hey, I really need to up my game with communication, this is your day. So I'll quit doing the talking because you really tuned in to hear her. So you know what time it is. Let's make sure the personal items tucked under the seat in front of you. Make sure your seatbelt is buckled low and across your hips. Time for us to taxi to the runway. Should the cabin lose pressure, oxygen masks will drop from the overhead area. Please place the mask over your own mouth and nose before assisting others. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast, the show focused on the overworked, overwhelmed, and underappreciated HR professional. And now, here is the host of our show, the boss builder, Mac Monroe. Michelle Gladio, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Mac. Awesome to be here. I'm so glad that we could do this today. We had a little bit of technology challenges earlier, and we managed to get those wire figured out, and now we're ready to do this. And I'm really glad. This is a topic that I think I'm glad we're doing today because I want to release this soon. This is around communication. And you are the author of a book entitled Communicate with Courage, which is going to be the theme of our talk today. And so when uh, I work with organizations that uh, self-identify as problematic or broken, when I ask what is the biggest challenge, take a guess at what they say. 
We have a real problem with communication. And fortunately, we have the author of the book on communicating with courage. So Michelle, thank you for being with us today. And uh, I'd like to kind of start out by asking you about your journey. Tell us what you do, but more importantly, tell us how you got started in this business. I got started in this business as a kid, I think, who cared a lot about communicating and who was afraid to do it. And through the years, I started taking calculated risks. I would ask to be the person to get to read at church. I would present in the science fair. And I started realizing that none of my worst fears were going to come true, but there would be some small obstacles I'd have to face and get around. But it was worth it to start to have my little voice heard. And I went to graduate school at Purdue and studied organizational psychology and learned more about human workplace behavior and then worked as a human resources director in some pretty male-dominated fields, warehousing, construction, robotics, and real estate. And through that process, realized that I was going to have to be confident, take some risks, and use courage if I was going to help shape the direction of the companies that I worked for and cared very much about. Became a public speaker, started my company uh, full-time in 2004, Gladio Consulting, and we do all kinds of communication and leadership skills training all around the United States, sometimes outside of the United States, not as often though, um, based out of the Midwest. And so that puts me in a public speaking position very frequently. I keep trying to get better at it. And I realize that courage to take some risks as a communicator often pays wonderful dividends and beautiful gifts that our listeners might not even be able to imagine yet can come to them if they are willing to face some of these challenges that get in our way. So I would imagine communicate with courage could mean a lot of different things. But before we get into those other things, let's go back to just your beginning doing speaking and, you know, facing different fears. Did you find that over time, the fears that you initially had got a little bit less or do those still present themselves even today? Uh Depends on who's in the audience, Mac, really. I think it's hardest if I know people really well that are in the audience. It's like, they know the real me. Well, who else was I going to bring to teach or to speak today? The other me? So I'm just constantly reconciling this way. This is how I get my head straight. And I recommend this to our listeners and the people watching. <clears throat> Start with, you're equally valuable. Show me any other human on the planet, 8 billion, now I've heard, almost 8 billion humans. There isn't one who's more valuable than you. And there isn't one who's less valuable. But you are the one who agreed to speak or who decided to speak or to write about what was important to you. Thus, you deserve to be heard. And then we can start from that equal footing to polish the way we send and receive messages. A lot of it has to do with self-esteem. And even if someone is very nervous or their self-esteem is very low, and they might be afraid of a presentation or negotiation or confronting and talking through a conflict with a loved one or coworker. Even though there is fear, we can view fear as the, uh, it's a hint. It's a helpful notification. You know, oh, crap, I feel afraid about this. That's a helpful notification that we're going to need to summon some courage and decide to get in the game as a communicator, thanking our fear for letting us know that courage will be required. And then it's a high. 
then you do it. And no matter how it goes, you win because you tried rather than just walking by an opportunity. So how long did it take you to really get that mindset and go through that? It sounds like it's almost a routine that you go through before you get up on stage. How How long long did it take to develop that? I think the messages from my parents and older brothers were certainly helpful. And I consider that to be a real advantage, but because I know that many readers and book listeners don't have that advantage in life, I tried to write um, just as applicably towards those who would have to be cheering themselves on. But I did have conversations. I was the youngest in my family and uh, I did have a strong support system kind of pushing me like, you know, you're good at spelling, try the spelling bee. Um, you're going to be fine in the science fair, get in there and work on it. I had that push and I'm grateful for it. And I think some of it was inside me too. It's just like the littlest and the, and the youngest and the only girl, two big brothers. I think maybe I was deciding from a very young age, like, okay, these are my people and I have something to say also. So I watched them relate at dinner table time and probably had to be pretty confident sometimes to be heard. So I'd say it starts young, but we can start anytime. For me, I started young. And for others, they could start at age 75 and have a much, much better age 76 if they are willing to face some of these challenges and bravely take steps to overcome them. No, I think that's great. I think for people that are listening, probably thinking, okay, I would rather never have to speak. But, (laughs) you know, here's somebody who just wasn't, you know, born a natural speaker. It's something you've developed over time. It is, right? I don't really think there is. I mean, I guess there's people who might be more comfortable. I mean, I remember having friends when I was a little kid that were always the, you know, the natural ones at the front of the class. Me, I was always, you know, in the back row, not wanting to be in the spotlight. But yeah. Um, but I, I still, even for myself, I'll still get nervous before I get up on a stage. But I also realize Good. that that's, that's, it means you're alive, right? I mean, yeah. if you... You, you, you can't tell me, even if you've done it a million times, you don't like think, okay, I hope this goes well, but you know, what if something happens? And then you just get out and do it. If something happens, what's going to happen is you're going to handle it. And then there's, there's more specific advice in the book about how to do an audience analysis. And if you are wanting to do a little more public speaking, what to do if you can't get questions or how to approach that. But uh, it's definitely uh, more than about public speaking. It could be the person who just doesn't think their steak was cooked correctly and wants to send it back or someone who wants to advocate for their kid at the parent teacher conference basic every day we make a couple thousand decisions many of them are about communication and when we begin to start to take calculated risks life is better i firmly believe it and i don't expect anybody to come into the book already courageous although i have had some folks and some who have interviewed me about the book say I got to tell you, I think I'm already pretty good. Is there something in it for me? It's like, oh, yes, absolutely. Check out the information about uh, defining to be right or how you might have conflict sometimes or who are you mentoring or go ask a loved one if they think you listen well. Don't worry. No matter how good you are, this is nothing you graduate from. Our whole life span, we will be working on communication. And at our last breath, we will still not be perfect. And isn't that beautiful that you can't graduate from communication, but it's a worth, it is worth lifelong study, I think. No, I would agree. Well, Michelle, the book is not that old, right? You've written this in the last couple of years, right? Correct. It was published uh, November 1st of 22. 
Okay, so, but you've been doing this work for quite a while. So uh, what was the inspiration to finally write a book? Uh, I think that, you know, I, I waited long enough to be able to coach a couple thousand humans and get to know them very deeply. And w once you do that in different industries, academia, military, nonprofits, once you do that, then you start to, to see patterns. And the patterns I saw were that many of us hide from risk and some of us are too quick to judge and that can really mess up our communication. Others really adhere to the negative. They rationalize the negative. So I might say, try this as a communicator. Oh, he's not going to listen. She's not going to care. This company's never going to change. Well, of course not, because you have shot yourself in the foot before you can even take the first step. And then the, a fourth hidden challenge that I began to see in the patterns of humans I was working with was settling for good enough. And that was just doing enough to get by when in some cases, doing a little bit more would yield excellent results from your message sending and receiving. So it was time because I had the experience after a few decades of designing training and coaching folks. So you could kind of see where these four barriers, I guess, or four challenges were pretty common among everybody just through the open dialogue with all those clients that you had. That's right. If you can see sitting next to me, it's a, it's a lot of filing cabinets. There's of course a lot online, but each filing cabinet contains a manila file folder and that client's name. And I save them forever because I don't know, somebody might come back in 10 years and say, I worked with you before, I was going for a promotion, or I wanted to switch careers, and I wanna to talk to you again, and I wanna still have that personality data and look at the goals that I offered then. So it is, it is through a lot of, you know, really I'm standing on all my clients' shoulders is what's happening, and friends and family because they can't escape me analyzing them or myself as a communicator. We talk a lot about it. Yeah, but I mean, it's a great resource then that they've all been part <laughs> of, and I think they've already benefited from the wisdom. So yeah, I mean, as long as they don't see their name, like, you know, that Mac Monroe, talk about a terrible communicator. Oh, Worst one I've ever seen, but- uh, I fall down uh, so often. I'm working so hard to be less competitive and more collaborative. I'm working so hard to listen to people when I disagree, but at least I can name to you my my weak points, call it what it is, mm -hmm. as a communicator. And now that I'm aware of them, I can try to be a little better. And it's two step forward, one step back every day. And you're somebody who does this for a living yeah, and still admits that you struggle with it. Holy, so, well, if so, I don't, I can't get away with not admitting that because people will listen to this podcast. So even if I wanted to <laughs> ego, put my ego in charge, I know better than that. Um, but, you know, maybe that's one of the things that has drawn me so much to the study of communication and particularly how we can be brave about it. There's a, a love letter that I wrote to conflict. It's in chapter six. Uh, it's in the rationalizing the negative chapter. And I, I just, it kind of flowed out of me. It's on page 85, and I just wrote why. I wrote to conflict about why I love it and we can all love it, and that is because most growth comes from the toughest communication we will face. So I, I'll offer that to your listeners. Well, what page is that on in your book? Maybe um, we I, offer I, it I to them right now. 85. Huh? 85. Let's see. See, the title of this is How to Get Rich on Five Cents a Day. Is that... 
What? That must I be the wrong book. I never have anything like that in my book, man. I know. I'm just messing with you. All right. So uh, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna read from your book. How's that okay, sound? Okay. All right. So so this is to constructive conflict, right? Yeah. The good kind. All right. All right. All right. Dear constructive conflict, we've known you all our lives. We've watched our elders acknowledge that you're vital to communication or refuse to. You were always present in our homes and schools. You will always be part of our work lives and personal relationships. You help us find our beliefs and push us to lift up our voices for causes that matter. You reveal others' unique positions when we're brave enough to listen. Without you, we'd never admit we see the world from one limited perspective, our own. Because of you, we've learned our way is not the only way. There's often more than one way. You remind us that we see as dead wrong or out to get us that may have positive intentions. You bring anguish at times, anger and shouting, but you should not be confused with abusive communication. You have the power to restore harmony. You allow emotional release when we can't find a solution and tears arrive. You encourage us to find coaches and counselors to guide us through rough waters. You help us identify our purpose. You encourage tough discussions that lead to higher ground with coworkers, friends, enemies, strangers, and families. You're inescapable. You're a worthy puzzle that requires brain and heart working together to solve. You shape our workplace culture. You shape our family dynamics. You're never the same thing twice. You keep us growing as communicators, and we are grateful. Love, Michelle. Well, that's pretty impressive. Well, thanks. You know, it's it's a, it's a sincere, heartfelt love letter to all the times the poop has hit the fan in my life, and I would have wished for something different. I look back at all of those difficult communications and the beautiful gifts that conflict brought. So I wanted to include that, although it's kind of weird. And at the end of every chapter, each chapter will lead to a pro move. A pro move is a high level communication strategy that we can all try. And then a short exercise. So through 10 short chapters, hopefully people are getting almost an, a live, almost a live training experience because they're going to go try something and then come back and start another chapter. Um, I've heard from some folks that they're enjoying just hopping in and out. They didn't read the book from, from front to back. They started with Chapter eight, risks not worth taking. Let's see what some of those are. Mm. There's some funny stories in there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, one might be don't have a bunch of drinks and then try to do a toast at a wedding. That's a risk, but that's not the kind of risk I'm suggesting you take. Um, the most important conversations to have, chapter nine is one of my favorite chapters. And uh, that will center, part of that chapter centers on the immediacy of telling folks we care about that we care about them because we won't always have another day. So we've got some personal life and some professional life strategies. Lately, my favorite page is 31, where I get to describe my big brother Mike's funeral. He passed away when he was 27 and I was 19, some weird like heart arrhythmia. Mm -hmm. And they couldn't get him back. But when time came for his memorial service, here comes 52. I counted, right? 52 motorcycle, pulling into the Catholic church. I had never seen anything like it and uh, watched him walk into church, his buddies in all the leather and the skulls and the, the chains. And they got into those pews and just put their heads down and cried. And it healed my heart 
still does, uh, you know, what is that? 30 years later, it's still healing my heart because those communicators showed up as authentically themselves and they did not worry about man-made norms or that they didn't really fit in that community at that time or that place. And the pure, um, honest expression was a wonderful gift. So anyway, those are some favorite parts. Uh, now that I look back at it, you know, it was four, mm -hmm. four years, four and a half years in the making, and it's nice to stand back and see it. Well, um, and it sounds like great life lessons that you can, from the past, bring up to people even now. I mean, it's a powerful analogy and a powerful story of showing up as you are. I've never uh, told especially... it before. All those stages, Mac, and all those thousands of training events, and I have opportunity to say, to use any examples I want, I've always been until now, until this book, a little more academic in my approach or um, just just pro get professional boundary between training participants and trainer, let's say. And I thought mm -hmm. with this book, I'm not going to name a book, Communicate with Courage and not, not be brave enough to share some hard things. Right. So this book has more personal stories than anything I've written. That's for sure. Well, I think if you think about it, though, the audience for your book is probably, I mean, certainly academics will read it because they're not, you know, absolved from conflict. But the masses, those of us that just are regular people, this is our lives. And we don't often have a, you know, some type of research based answer. We just know that communication is not working very well and things are breaking down. And then we have an opportunity to hear from somebody who's being real and sharing. So, so I want to I want to go back to that story about the the friends of your brother. So, you know, they they're showing up as who they are. They're not worried about the pretenses. They'll wear skulls into the Catholic Church, no mm -hmm. problem. Mm -hmm. So, but what happens when that goes to the extreme? So, I'm thinking specifically about like my mom, who is nearly ninety and could care less who she talks to or what they think about her. And she will force her opinion on somebody because That's you know what? She's too old to care. She's I don't care. I'm almost 90. I don't care anymore. Well, that's, it seems like that's the extreme. That would be yeah. like the, the bikers right. showing up and just say, Hey, while we're in the church, let's, let's burn it down. Right. Let's burn Unfortunately, the pews, right? your mom yeah. has, your mom is not in the, in some situations at least is not calculating the risk of, how she is projecting her energy, her word, her, her words, her choice of tone, her use of eye contact, her, her, the whole package. She has just kind of rationalized the negative, I would say, and decided it doesn't matter when in fact you feel, and I feel that it does matter. We can't make that choice for her, but uh, you know, that's why I talk in the book about your communication creates your legacy and she is still forming her legacy. You know, it's like, mom, what do you want us to remember about you from ages 90 to 100? Mm -hmm. And when I introduce you to my friends or we're not getting great service, but we're trying to get better service, et cetera, how you say things and what you say still matters. We, I haven't spoken to her though. And so I will say as a 90 year old woman, She's had nine decades of BS leveled at her from society about how she should behave. Some of it BS, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so in a way, that's also her saying, I'm not worrying about man-made norms, literally male-made norms probably anymore. Mm -hmm. So I can understand her desire to be, as Tom Petty would put it, a free girl now. Yeah. Yeah. So, so well, I mean, absolutely. I, but I think that's the case with, 
I, I don't know this for a fact, but with older adults, I mean, I can see my in-laws, the same thing. Like they could care less what you think about them. I have a suggestion, then tell them how it impacts you emotionally. I understand that you don't have to play the corporate game anymore, or you don't have to seek others approval as much anymore, but it does hurt me when you dot, 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 or it does embarrass me when you come across as dot, 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 be careful. Mm. Be careful, but you. But it's powerful to bring emotion into the conversation because that you own, and that you are re, that emotion you are reporting it truthfully. They can tell you you don't feel that way or you shouldn't feel that way. Doesn't matter. You could say this is my truthful report of how I feel. And so, if you care about me, I wish that you would care about your communication in this circumstance a little more. No, I think it's a great statement, and I don't think you could take offense at that. You know, and start with the preamble. Start with mom. I interviewed a lady who wrote a book about communication last week. And uh, I want to be honest, I spoke with her a little bit about you. Maybe it doesn't make the edit, or maybe it does, mm-hmm. right? And um, I just want you to know, I didn't, maybe I haven't really appreciated everything you've been through as a communicator and would like to learn more about that if you ever want to talk about it. But, you know, your life hasn't been easy and you've really done a good job of holding your own. Some honest mm-hmm. compliment. Mm-hmm. Right. But this uh, this author, Michelle, she suggested that we share openly about how we feel about others communication. So there is something that I've been thinking that I want to share with you if I could. You could always ask for an opportunity to give feedback and then you might get talk to the hand. You know, no, I don't need any feedback from my son about communication. Right. Yeah. You could say, okay, well, the next time it happens, if I'm if, if it hurts me or embarrasses me, I might let you know. So fair warning. How about those, how about those uh, Colts or yeah. how about that weather? I say Colts. Yeah. She'd say, I'm, how about those Ravens? Yeah. Because I have <laughs> to give a lot of people a lot of feedback about their communication. I think I've gotten pretty good at changing the subject. Like, I like that, that real pivot. Like, okay, we were in the. Friend, or you could start with mom. Hey, uh, there's the feedback challenges in the book. It's one of the exercises of the book. And it gives people a homework assignment to go ask a few people in their personal or professional life or both, ideally. Hey, what's one thing you think I do well as a communicator? And then what's something that I could do differently or better in your opinion? So Mm -hmm. you are fishing. Here's my fishing reel. You're fishing for a piece of praise and then fish for a piece of criticism and get a picture in real time of how you are coming across to that human, that one human at least. Mm -hmm. Now I do this with in training with groups of leaders or groups of customer service reps or just, you know, book clubs, et cetera. And what we do is we come back and we then present briefly the best piece of praise I got was this. And the best constructive criticism was that. And go around the room, awesome for teams. And we've got that exercise in the book. So uh, you, it's kind of easier when you get the homework assignment as yeah, opposed I like to that. trying to bring I mean, it up, right? That makes, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, there is a third option. And I could just bring my mom on the show right now and Ooh, you can tell her. Is this a surprise me? I'd be uh, scared. Yeah, I might be scared too. So I, good thing she didn't listen to my podcast, right? Right. <laughs> how do you know she's not listening to your podcast? Because she'd ask me, how do I get to your podcast? Okay. <laughs> what's a podcast, right? Probably would it be more like, what's a podcast? What would uh, I want to ask your mom? You said she's 90? She, well, she's 89. 89. So she's almost there. Yeah, she's almost there. She'll be there in September. Yeah. I want to ask her who's one of the best communicators she's ever met in 89 years and why. I bet she's known some good ones. She probably has. She's, you know, she was working in a corporate environment when, 
you know, I'm, I mean, my parents were both, well, let's see, you know, I'm a boomer by one year. My dad is a boomer by a good amount. She's the generation before that. So working in aerospace her entire career, you know, okay. again, okay. a male dominated field, oh, even to cool. the point where she shared, you know, she wanted to go to college and she had to have her boss sign off on her request. I guess that's what you had to do in those days. And he he turned it down. His his wife had decided to go to college in the evenings and ended up meeting some guy and leaving him. Yeah. So he so says, I'm not going to let you. Yeah. He says, I, I don't want your marriage to fall apart, so I will not sign your request. Mm -hmm. So think about that. Think about yeah, I mean, we did that in the <laughs> Navy. You could do that stuff. But out in this world, there, it just wouldn't happen. And they haven't changed. There are still there are still groups that are severely limited for, for the opportunities that they wish they had. Oh, yeah. I mean, you think about that where one person, one person could shut your dream off with the lack of a pen, you know, at that so, time. Although I wonder that if time. she probably could have found a way that didn't involve her company. I think if she really wanted to do it, if, if like, because, you know, you hear stories about people with, you know, I wanted this so bad that I did this. I think for her, it was just it probably wasn't common. I'm sure none of her colleagues. Right. Um, you know, because she started off uh, in admin and then went to HR, spent most of her career in HR working in benefits. So, but it's just interesting to, to hear that perspective. And as a, you know, it's just an interesting question. So, Michelle, you have a ton of material in your books. You've also shared some of the workbooks for your workshops that you do. And I want to talk about those in a second. But in your work, which is the most challenging and what is the most rewarding so i'm talking about like groups is it corporate groups is it small groups is it individuals is it couples because it sounds like you do a little bit of work in a lot of those different areas which one yeah. is the most challenging which couples. one is the most rewarding it's not couples um i don't work with couples unless one person is in executive coaching has experienced our personality assessment and some coaching and then says i have to know what my significant other, how, how would that look? And then we'll map, we'll do um, a team overlay sort of, and put both all the graphs that we look at related to a human's personality. And we'll graph them one on top of another. We do that for teams, but I suppose we have for just a few uh, folks that were in family relationships, in which case I run down the data as if they are both working in the same company because okay. they're working in the same family. Most rewarding and most challenging. Most rewarding is watching all of the training participants through the years um, on the back page of our workbooks, listing the goals that they are self-selecting, whether it's one or two or three hours of training, whether it's conflict management or managing stress and change or leadership skills, um, business writing, presentation skills, all of those different communication topics that we author and then present. It's really rewarding to see people look excited and turn to that page to keep track of the goals that they're taking away from the session. And I'd say that's why I wake up in the morning. Good. Most challenging might be facing a mandatory coaching or training participant, or in a recent case was um, over the course of 14 days, 375 police officers um, just two years ago in 2020 who were coming to us for harassment and bias prevention training, to which I added stress management training because I believe and it's, and, you know, it's well-documented research that those two things intersect. But I happened to have the same last name as the sheriff at the time and did not know him. But I'm sure that those police officers that were forced to attend <laughs> mandatorily and then found out the trainer's last name is the same as the sheriff, that was hard to overcome. Mm -hmm. But we put a lot of heart and research 
you know, and uh, time and then the best presentation skills we can possibly bring to the job in. And we did earn 100 percent positive ratings in those participant evaluations. Um, but the step to overstate your intention, right? State my motive. So I opened every one of those days of training held in a firing range classroom um, with, I'm sure you have figured out that my last name is the same as our current sheriff's last name. And I want to assure you, I did not know him before this assignment. I just explained mm-hmm. the truth. Yeah. So that was, that was, you know, you, if you're going to be up in front of people making words and sending words to other humans, you're going to find obstacles like that, but you're going to continue to be your authentic self, be prepared, be honest and be skilled at, at ideally at what you are teaching and you'll be okay. Well, it sounds like you got a lot more of the positive stuff. Um, and then of course the challenges will always be there, but it seems like that's, what's keeping you going and, uh, let them, oh, sorry to interrupt. We let them write uh, suggestions for case studies for the stress management part, as we do with all teams. Mm -hmm. And I've never seen anything like these case study suggestions. I just asked for difficult situations so that we could spend a small time in training with three or four people, you know, scoot next to three or four people. You have 10 minutes to discuss then teach your answers. It's an open-ended question, but those were tough. Uh, One of those case studies was like, you arrive on scene to homicide, to uh, suicide by gun. You're the first officer there and you recognize that the victim is a longtime friend of yours from childhood. What's your next move? You must stay wow. professional as a communicator. Next move is, and I'm used to seeing teams suggest case studies like the person in the cubicle next to me talks too loud, which is a real problem in communication. Yeah. So all, you know, a lot of respect to them and we're, yeah. hoping to, we're hoping to work with them again for some executive coaching this year. That's great. We're sheriff now, so that will make it a little bit easier. <laughs> yeah. Or you could just change your name, I guess, to whatever the new one is, huh? No. I'm going to, you know, what a crazy name for a company, by the way, Gladio Consulting. But I wanted to honor Adrian and Rosemary Gladio, my parents, uh, my parents now deceased for many years, but they taught me the value of education and that learning is something no one ever takes from you, no matter what else you lose. So I wanted to name the company after them. And now I'm thinking I'm making these people try to spell a French name. And but uh, speaking of that French name, listeners and viewers, we put a lot of, we put a lot of um, free, downloadable, e-fillable, short personal and professional development tools on our website. And that's at gladioconsulting.com, G-L-A-D-I-E-U-X consulting.com. Folks there can also sign up for the quarterly newsletter. It's time for me to write another one. I can't believe how quickly a quarterly newsletter comes up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're doing one. You're doing Try doing them every week. You're like, you're damn, one. I just finished one. Yeah. Might be a little, <laughs> we have to sign up for one another, but I think yours might maybe be a little shorter than mine. I called mine Breakdown after the Tom Petty song. You can sign up on our website. I got one. Yeah, that is pretty large. You sent me one. Yeah. So, that yeah, I couldn't large. do one of those once a week. That's a lot of work no. into that there's one. All, yeah. There's also a music video every single time because I think we should all stop for three minutes a day and watch some, listen to and, and be moved by some music or relax a little bit, maybe rock out a little bit, but can't all be striving and serious all the time. So we include some music. Well, and to further drive that point home i have a copy of one of her workbooks from a workshop and there's a picture of billy idol with a line from one of his songs in there so 
Yeah, this is definitely not your mom's uh, management or communication training. This is so not your mom's communication work. Well, that <laughs> Billy Idol page, you know, he said it's a nice. He's saying it's a nice day to start again. Start again. That's what it is. Yeah. And yeah. It is a nice day to start again as a communicator because we're going to keep screwing up. So we got to forgive ourselves, forgive other people, get back in the game, try again. Excellent. Well, Michelle, the last question I have, and you already gave me part of the answer to this, but if somebody's listening today and says, wow, we got to have Michelle come out here and help us sort out our challenges in communication. Um, so number one, give us the website with the spelling again so that they can, it, at a minimum, just engage with you and download some of your tools. And then secondly, how do we get a copy of this book? Sure. So the, webs the website is gladioconsulting.com, Glad. I-E-U-X consulting.com and get a copy of the book. Oh my gosh, I'd be thrilled. It's on Amazon right now. And I think it keeps vacillating between $15 and then a few dollars more. It's paperback, colorful. Mm -hmm. You're the sailboat. Here are the problems with communication. You're going to be That's okay. what, okay. I was wondering about the sailboat with the, the waves. Yeah. Challenges kind of, you know, plus yeah. my mom, um, took a walk one day when she was still alive and came back with a sailboat that looked a lot like this sailboat. And I said, a small one, what do you call it? A sunfish. Mm -hmm. And I was a teenager or something. And I was like, what did you buy a used sailboat for? She's like, cause I want to learn to sail it. You know, just like believing yeah. in herself was a good model. Um, so yeah, you can buy it on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. I tried to be brave. And when I had the opportunity to choose a reader for Audible, a narrator, to read my words and my heartfelt stories or to read it myself, I thought, well, there's a first time for everything. So I decided to be the narrator for the book. So folks who like to listen can download on Audible as well. And that's where I've got my copy is I'm an okay. audiobook listener. So yeah, it was very yeah. good. And you know the yeah. game, Mac. Reviews mean everything. And I did not know how important book reviews were on Amazon until I wrote a book. And now I'm busy <laughs> logging on and reviewing books. Just reviewed one for a friend. And I will say, they do make it easy. I just put a couple sentences about what I thought was good. So I would be honored if any of your subscribers would be willing to do that. All right, very good. All right, so you heard it. So Gladio Consulting, we get the book from Amazon. The book is Communicate with Courage, Taking Risks to Overcome the Four Hidden Challenges. Michelle, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. So full disclosure, we almost didn't do it because we had power outage and technology, but I'm so glad that we did this. If you're listening today, I hope you'll look up Michelle. Uh, I think you'll really benefit. Thank you so much, Michelle, for being Thank with us. Thank you for having me. Take care. Well, thanks for taking the time to listen to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast. I hope you enjoy listening to these as much as I enjoy making them. I've learned so much from the guests we've had on the show over the past few years and I hope that you will continue to listen to us regularly. If you are a subscriber on any podcast app or channel, would you do us a favor and take a moment and leave us a review? We would really, really appreciate it. Also, if you have the time, check out all the offerings we have on our website, which is thebossbuilders.com. We have every other month a Sherm Credit webinar that we present, as well as a ton of other events, not to mention our Art of the Great Boss and Art of Being a Great Teammate programs, more information on that site today. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Oh, by the way, you may want to unbuckle that seatbelt. I think we just arrived at the gate. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast. 
We hope you found something today that will relieve your stress, feed your soul, and pump you up to face another day. At Boss Builders, we want to let you know that we appreciate the hard work you do every day as an HR professional. And as a reminder, always make sure to adjust your own oxygen mask before attempting to help those around you. Be well.